We're going to talk now on chapter Reish Sadik Vav, which is 296 Hilchas on the laws of Havdalah on wine. So we'll mention some just points. Firstly, that the order of Havdalah is we follow the order of Yavna. Yavna, Yayin, stands for Yud, Vez, Nun, He, Yayin, Bisamim. First, we make the bracha of. Yeah, and of course we say some sukim of Hine Kel Yishua. See, we say some sukim about that it is customary to say for Avdala. Then we make the bracha of Yayin. Uh, we make the bracha of Bissamim. We make the bracha of Ner. And then the bracha of Hamavdil, of Havdala. That stands for Yavna. So each, th- each thing, you know, we've discussed in the past when you're holding, uh, when you're making a bracha on wine, there's certain requirements, how large the cup needs to be, um, how you have to hold it. And as to overflow, so the laws of the wine for any Kiddush generally apply for Havdalah as well, at least Lechadchila, all of those requirements. Um, now, another, another thing is that unlike Kiddush, where there is an idea that you try to drink from the wine that the person who made Kiddush, we find that there is no real Indian, no, cust- no idea that you need to have People drink from the wine of the Havdalah, the people who listened. Um, it's just the person who made the Havdalah, it's customary that he just drinks the whole thing. And that is mentioned in Sifav of Shochanach of, uh, of the Al-Turabi. Um, now, in, uh, there's also a discussion about what happens when you have you know, the option to make it on wine or on beer. Uh, beer is Hamar Medina. We have discussed that in the past. Hamar Medina is actually mentioned in the Gemara uh, that it works for Havdalah. The question if it's okay for Kiddush for day. For Kiddush by night, we say for sure it's not okay. Uh, the beverage that's like common, like wine, right? So beer is, is one of those beverages which could work. So the question would be, just because it's allowed, that doesn't mean it's the preferred uh, beverage. The preferred beverage to make Havdalah on is wine. So the question is as follows. A person doesn't want to drink the wine, so if they can, they should try to still do so, right? But uh, let's say you had the following uh, dilemma. Either you do on a cup of wine, but it will not be full cup. It'll be enough. It'll be enough. It'll be basically revised, but the cup is a larger cup, perhaps, but it won't be full. And there is a, one of the ideas of the Havdalah is that it should overflow just like by Kiddush or you know, reach the top, but the only cup you have, it won't reach the top. Or if you do on beer, it'll overflow, you know, reach the top, etc. What should you go by? Which one should you do? So the answer is, is brought in Shochanach and Al-Tarev also in Siftes, um, is that you should still make it on wine, even though it's not going to um, be a full cup. That still, there is an advantage in having Havdalah and wine over beer, even if the beer would overflow and the, and the wine would not fill up the cup. However, if the question was that the wine was pugum, it means that the only wine you had was something that you drank out of, and therefore it's considered like it's, um, it, 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 it's been blemished in some way or form, right? So there is a way to fix it by pouring new wine on top of it, but let's say you don't have any more new wine. So now that's called wine which is pugum. It's been uh, you know, blemished in some way or form. So uh, according to the latter law, you could make uh, Havdalah on it if you need to, but we prefer not to if, it's, if there's another option. 
So therefore, if it was between that or beer, you should do the beer, because beer, if it wasn't um, um, pogum, it's, 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 you're better off. Now, there is a way to fix the wine, even if you don't have any uh, wine to, to pour on top of it. You could add a little bit of water. Just a little bit of water will make it also fixed. Uh, however, the problem is, is that if, you, if it was already you know, borderline, it was not a strong wine. It was already a bit watered down. And if you're going to just add a little bit more wine, then it's going to cause it to get diluted more and potentially be a question if it's even a very pre-agafen at this point because it's, you know, diluted too much. So then it would be better to drink uh, wine. Uh, I'm sorry, then it would be better, as we mentioned, to make Havdalah and beer. Another, another concept is, let's say you don't have wine for Havdalah altogether. What do you do in that case? So as you say, okay, if you have Hamar Medina, if you have beer, so do on beer or other potential beverage. We mentioned that there's even opinions. Some posts can want to say if you had like a warm uh, uh, coffee or warm tea, you could do on that. But let's say you don't have any of these things. Not everyone agrees to that, by the way. Svardim generally follow that you have to have an alcoholic beverage. But let's just say that you don't have another Hamar Medina. You don't have a Hamar Medina and you don't have wine. So then what? So in Sif Yud Beis Shochanach of Rebbe, um, it's also brought down in the Mechaber, in the uh, same chapter, Reisadik Vav, Sif Gimel, and the following. There's a couple of opinions that are brought down. So again, if you don't have wine, um, you have the following opinion. Uh, the first opinion says that you would be allowed to, you, you make Havdel in your Shemones, right? Okay. Like you have to, uh, um, so you make the Havdalah, you say, you know, in, in your actual Shemanes, right? And then um, you would be allowed to eat that night. Um, but it's proper, it's only that, it, this is one answer in Tosa, so you would be allowed to do that, but it's proper, it's Midas Achsidis, not to drink anything until you do Havdalah the next day. That's assuming that you could get wine the next day, right? However, um, in other words, if you're not going to get anything to make Havdalah on that night, you don't have to fast. It's just that uh, it's proper to, if you know that you would have, you know, some option of making wine or Havdalah the next day on something. However, there's another opinion. This is actually a different answer of Tosis in the, um, in the Gemara in, uh, in Brachos. And they say, no. Minadin, you're not allowed to drink anything if you know that wine will wine or something, you know, can you can do Abdullah and will come the next day. And the Mela, you would must fast going into the night. Okay? If you know that you'll have the next day, it's not that it's a stringency to fast, you must fast. What's the halacha? What's the psal? What do we follow in practice? So the halacha is that you should be machmer, like the second opinion. In other words, if you know for sure you're going to have an option of making Abdullah on wine or sumli, if you're Hamar Medina, you know you could do it tomorrow, you need to wait. Unless you're weak and you're not able to, then you have a want to rely upon the uh, first opinion that says you're allowed to eat that very night. And actually the Rosh, there's quoted in the Megin of Ram, says he's, he's a, he brings the first opinion that you would be allowed to eat that night if you know 
um, you don't have wine or you don't have Hamar Medina, and you only could get the next day. So again, you should try to be stringent if possible, if you're not, unless you're very weak. Now, another, um, another question, do you need to stand for Havdalah? That's an interesting topic. You would say, so sure you would, right? In fact, Shulchan Aruch brings that the well in the name of the Mechaber, Sivav in chapter two ninety six, says the Mechaber, Omer Havdalah Miyushev. You sit while you say Havdalah, and that's what Sfardim generally do. They sit while they do Havdalah. The Ramah immediately says, "How are those? Are those who say that you should stand?" And that's the Minig. He says, "Al Tereva." Of course, also sides with the Ramah. The Minig is to stand for. Havdalah. Now, what's the reason of the Beit Yosef, the Mechaber, to sit down when you do Havdalah? So the Taz explains that since in order that everybody is like together and the Havdalah is with all of them needing to be in a group, that they're doing it with a kviyut, with a set, uh, so they're being set together. So if they're standing, they're not, they're not, uh, they're not uh, together, you know, each guy's in his own uh, place, but when they're sitting down, they're more uh, in a kfias, in a set uh, setting, and therefore they can be yotzi each other. So that's that's more or less the reasoning of the mechaber of why you should sit. However, what's the reasoning to stand? So the reasoning to stand, number one, you could say Zelta rings lechovod amelech to honor the king. Why? Because we, we want to greet the king away from Havdalah. And, you know, you stand when you do a, a scorting, a levi, uh, you know, you malava, you stand when you're escorting. Um, when the person, of course, is drinking the cup of wine for the Havdalah, of course they sit. That's, that's clear. Uh, some some poskims say that even according to Svardim, where the Mechaber says that one should sit, that would only be if there were a bunch of people there, because you want them all to be yotze together. But if the person was making Abdul for himself, there's really no reason to sit then, because he's not, uh, the only reason to make people sit is if it was a whole group, but if it was a single person, then even to that, um, to the Mechaber and Sephardim, they should, they should stand. And there are some, some that stand also among Sephardim, but generally many Sephardim sit for Abdul. Okay. Now, last topic we'll discuss is for women and Havdalah. So the question is, what is the chiyuv, this obligation that we make on Havdalah? What, what is the obligation of Havdalah? Is it, is it that it's an obligation in a Torah, like when it says, Zachos Yom HaShabbos HaKadsho, that you shall remember the Shabbos to sanctify it? Do you have to remember it also when you make Kiddush? Yeah, but also when you leave Shabbos, when you're making Havdalah. Is that? So, so, so that's, the, that's the question. Some say that it, indeed there is some sort of chiyuv of making of Dalminator. Now, if that would be the case, so then, you know, women should be obligated like men. But not everybody says, not all opinions hold that you make Abdullah, that Abdullah is a chiyuv from the Torah. Benu Yehuda and Tosis quotes in the name of Rabbeinu Tam that no. The mitzvah of Zachar, uh, is only on entering into Shabbos, whereas the departing of Shabbos by Havdalah is not a minatorah mitzvah, rather it's only a rabbinical mitzvah. And b'meila, since it's only a rabbinical mitzvah, based on that, some say that women are exempt from it, 
just like they would be exempt from any mitzvahs asay shasman grama. What are they? They're not obligated on, um, you know, generally time-bound mitzvahs, whether it was even Torah mitzvahs. They don't have to put on tefillin and stuff like that, right? So uh, we could say here as well, they should be exempt. Now you'll say, well, when it comes to Shabbos, we find that women are always obligated in mitzvahs of Shabbos, right? But you can argue, and this is, what, this is the reasoning of the opinion, it says that they're exempt, that the purpose of Avdel is like a new, it's like a topic of its own. It's at the end of Shabbos. And therefore, women, based on that, are not really obligated in, um, uh, in Avdallah. They're not really obligated in Avdallah, according to that view. However, some argue, this is the view of the Orchas Chaim. He says, no, I'm sorry, no, this is the view of the Magid Mishnah, the Ritva, and it's also one of the pins in the Shulchan Aruch. They say, no, Havdala is similar to the concept of remembering the Shabbos. It has this, it's, it's, a thema, it's the same general theme, and therefore they are obligated, but rabbinically, not, not Minotaur. And this is the main approach that they have at least a, at the very least, a rabbinical obligation for Havdalah. But because we had mentioned that, you know, the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam and, and those who say that women are exempt from Havdalah, right? So because of that, there is a hesitance. We should be a bit hesitant for if a man had already made Havdalah, if he can make another Havdalah now for a woman or women who, who need to hear. Because there is an opinion, as we said, we said they don't, they don't have any obligation to hear Havdalah. And because there is that opinion, maybe the bracha, the Havdalah that the person is making is, 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 not, uh, is not proper. It could be potentially a chashash uh, of an unnecessary bracha. A bracha levatala, a bracha in vain. And therefore, for that reason, one should be stringent. They don't do Havdalah for women if they already did for themselves, unless there were some other men there who need to also hear, then they can do for those who anyways are chayv. But accordingly, um, women can make havdal for themselves without a problem, just like we find that they're allowed to make brachas on different mitzvahs, which are their specific mitzvahs. So the bottom line is, is that if a person intends to make havdalah, for, let's say, his wife or daughters or so when he gets home, say so he should try not to fulfill the mitzvah of Avdallah in shul if indeed he wants to make again for them to fulfill according to this stringent opinion.